Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. That's right. It is the Tuesday edition. And welcome back. Join us at 512-836-0590. Yeah, we're here till 10. You can use that same number to text us as well. And we begin with the big stories. Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott has sent a stark message to sanctuary cities, vowing his state's transportation of migrants to those areas would continue until the federal government takes action on the worsening border crisis. Because Joe Biden is not enforcing the federal immigration laws, that gives Texas the right, under that Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution, to defend ourselves from imminent harm or from an invasion. So Texas has every constitutional right in this case. Meanwhile, President Biden says he needs Congress to give him the authority to shut down the border. An emerging agreement in the Senate would provide the president the powers to shut down the border, he says, if it becomes overwhelmed. They're working through the text, right? The Senate is working through the text on what that looks like, how that is defined. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre says a border deal would also change immigration policy and provide new funding for border agents and asylum courts. But House Speaker Mike Johnson says no new law is necessary and President Biden could use executive action now to limit asylum claims and expand detentions and deportations. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Governor Greg Abbott's promise comes amid his feud with the Biden administration over enforcement along the border. And there was a new caravan making its way to the southern borders. The White House feuds with Texas over border security. Texas officials are still not complying with the Biden administration administration's demands to allow Border Patrol back into Shelby Park, a two and a half mile area of Eagle Pass, defying a Friday deadline set by the Department of Homeland Security. And now Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is giving the Biden administration a deadline of his own. Paxton says the Department of Homeland Security has until February 15th to prove its claim that a 2008 agreement actually gave the feds ownership of the park. Meanwhile, there is a, a nationwide trucker convoy that's headed to the southern border in protest of the record number of illegal aliens crossing from Mexico. The Take Our Border Back convoy, including hundreds of thousands of big trucks spanning from Virginia Beach to Eagle Pass, Texas, with stops and rallies across the south, including border states, all organizers say to shed light on a migrant invasion, the dangers of an open border, and demands that all laws of the Constitution be upheld. Texas Republican and rep Beth Van Dyne to the truckers. Bring those beautiful, huge semis, those 18-wheeler bad boys down here to protect our border. The peaceful border convoy amid a standoff between the Biden administration and Texas over the state's efforts to limit migrants from entering illegally. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. It is 535. Later this morning, the Texas Supreme Court will hear arguments over billing irregularities during the snowstorm three years ago. When Yuri hit on Valentine's Day 2021, then plunged Texas into a polar vortex, the power grid could not keep up. 
and the state had to create rolling blackouts. The blackouts led to power bills that were out of whack. The state's price algorithm never took rolling blackouts into account when it was created. Some power companies made out great, others went bankrupt, and some customers saw their power bills in the thousands of dollars. Today, the Supreme Court will be asked to clarify two things. First, whether the Public Utility Commission had the authority to try and set price limits, as it did. And second, whether an appeals court last year had the right to undo the whole thing. That is newsman Leonard Phillips reporting. It is 536. Joe Biden is weighing uh, launching airstrikes on Iranian military assets in the Persian Gulf after three Americans were killed in Jordan by Tehran-backed drones. And the president has demanded advisors present him with some options on how to respond to the attack without dragging the U.S. into a battle in the Middle East. Insiders uh, revealed on uh, revenge bombings will take place in the coming days. Let me start with my outrage and sorrow for the death of three brave U.S. troops in Jordan and for the other troops who were wounded. The president and I will not tolerate attack on U.S. forces. And we will take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and our troops. Two officials say the report suggests American forces at the small base may have mistaken the enemy drone for a U.S. one and let it go unchallenged. The strike killed three soldiers from Georgia and wounded more than 40 others. We are still assessing what happened and how a one-way attack drone was able to impact the facility. Pentagon spokeswoman Sabrina Singh. I don't have more to share in terms of an intelligence assessment on uh, if uh, leaders in Iran were directing this attack, but what I can tell you is that um, we know these groups are supported by Iran um, and therefore they do have their fingerprints on this, but I can't tell you more in terms of who directed the attack. The incident leaves President Biden with a delicate balancing act, while his administration believes Iran was behind the attack. We are not looking for a war with Iran. We are not looking to escalate the tensions any more than they already have been escalating. In fact, everything we've done has been designed to try to de-escalate those tensions. That said, this was a very serious attack. It had lethal consequences. We will respond and we'll respond appropriately. I'm not going to telegraph what that's going to look like. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. It's fundamentally different now because we have three families who just got the worst possible news. That's different. Uh, and the scope of the, the wounded now more than 30 uh, injured some of them seriously. That's also different. And the president's been meeting with national security advisors to discuss potential retaliation. Sagar Magani, Washington. A lawsuit against the Texas Department of Transportation has been formally announced this week by opponents of the planned I-35 expansion project through the core of Austin. And while environmental arguments are one component, a separate civil rights complaint has been made with the federal government asking or arguing that TxDOT is perpetuating race and segregation by trying to expand I-35. Critics like Bobby Levinsky with Save Our Springs says, well, it's divided our city for generations. An expansion of 35, reinforcing segregation, reinforcing racism in 2024. Well, the group Rethink 35 claims thousands of people have uh, spoken out in opposition, but says TxDOT has ignored those concerns. TxDOT, uh, though, says it has taken robust public input and has exceeded the all environmental and legal requirements. They're set to begin construction soon. Numerous issues that Austin deals with in relation to homelessness has also pulled the curtain back on an even larger problem, mental health in, in America. Well, as the city of Austin looks for solutions, uh, the renovated Austin State Hospital will soon be reopening. 
Mayor Kirk Watson tells KXAN he thinks this could be a big help. It's just something I worked on while I was in the Texas Senate and helped get funding for. Uh, that it will we'll cut the ribbon on that probably in May, and, and, and people will be in that hospital right after that. The state allocated $300 million for the hospital's renovation, and Watson says it will have 240 rooms. He says he hopes uh, the new therapeutic housing can be created there, allowing people a chance to get help without the need of full hospitalization. As for now, though, Watson says it's only an idea. Texas Republicans are making some noise about changes in the way they hold primary elections. Many states require party registration in order to vote in their primaries, but Texas does not. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley has spoken about gaining ground in such states, getting votes from independents and some Democrats. In response, Texas GOP Chair Matt Rinaldi last week said the Texas Republican Party must prioritize closed primaries. SMU political scientist Cal Jilson says Texas Republicans may be thinking they want to exclude others. But if that means that independents don't know the Republican candidates and don't look forward to voting for them, it could be uh, shooting themselves in the foot. Making this law would require new legislation, which means it's years away from happening. Barbara Schwartz, TSN News. It is 541. Democracy 24. House Republican Conference Chair Lee Stefanik of New York is leaving the door open to being former President Trump's running mate. I would be proud to serve in the Trump administration in any capacity, and I have a big responsibility as the House Republican Conference Chair. Stefanik also strategically distanced herself from House Speaker Mike Johnson by voting no on a government funding extension, a measure highly unpopular with the Trump base. House Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries was asked by reporters about Democrats filing a censure resolution against Stefanik for sounding like Trump about those arrested following the Capitol riot. Parroting and mimicking the irresponsible rhetoric of the twice impeached former president is the height of irresponsibility. The former president told Fox earlier this month he's chosen his number two, but wouldn't reveal who it would be if he's the nominee. In Washington, Mike Emanuel, Fox News. 5.49 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Austin's bike rental program is about to go fully electric. Capital Metro has approved $20 million in contracts to upgrade and expand the Metro bike system. Bicycles, docking stations, as well as uh, software that runs Metro Bike, it's all being overhauled. Now, when Austin started the city's first bike share program back in 2012, there were 10 stations and about 100 bikes. Now there are more than 80 stations at 800 bikes available to rent. And CBS Austin News reports the number of people choosing two wheels to get around has also gone up. Sarah Sanford is with Capital Metro. Originally, when Bike Share started, it was around 10, 12,000 rides a month, and we're up to 23, 24,000. Ideally, the goal is to expand it to almost three times the size of what it is, but that's where we're going through the analysis right now of where to put those stations. Yeah, Sanford says demand is high enough to warrant the $20 million investments in the bike rental program. One of the biggest changes will be replacing every regular bike in the fleets with an all-electric fleet of bikes. And Capital Metro wants a seamless integration of the bike stations with Austin's bus and light rail networks. With public transit users getting off the bus or the train would have easy access to those ease bikes to get to where their final destination may be. Excessive smartphone usage, it might also carry an unexpected side effect. This is Health Call for Health. 
There are many side effects people can experience with smartphone overuse, headache, eye strain, neck pain, just to name a few. But there's one you may not have heard of, smartphone pinky. Andrew Bracken is an occupational therapist at Intermountain Healthcare in Salt Lake City, Utah. You're using your pinky to stabilize and support your smartphone and you literally indent the side of your pinky from holding your phone. It could also create calluses, side effects that won't necessarily warrant a trip to Bracken's office, but he has seen other more serious conditions develop. They'll develop numbness in their pinky finger and along the side of their hand. It's the angle of their wrist and their elbow that contributes to that numbness. And that can lead to some real serious consequences if, if not addressed. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health, Elisa Brady, Fox News. It is 5.51, and with a look at Tuesday business, here's reporter Jessica Edinger. Wall Street opens this morning with the S&P 500 index at a fresh record high, above 4,900 for the very first time. Bond yields fell yesterday and stocks popped. All the major averages were higher. We're playing by bull market rules. Mm-hmm. All that being said, um, you know, we're up almost 20% in three months. Usually that means good things for the coming months, but, you know, something can come along to knock us off course at any moment. There's definitely a consciousness among traders of upside risk. CNBC's Mike Santoli. The Fed begins a two-day meeting on interest rates this morning. It's widely expected that the Fed will not cut rates today, but instead signal that it might do so at its next meeting. One expert tells CNBC the Fed should just leave the rates right where they are. I think the Fed has actually not only tightened, but actually normalized. Interest rates are back to where they were before the great financial crisis. Yardani Research is Ed Yardani on CNBC. Investors are finally getting a, an appropriate return in the money markets and in the bond market, and the economy has demonstrated that it's resilient and they can live with them. American investors have always been able to easily buy shares of online sports betting company DraftKings, but now they can more easily invest in its rival FanDuel. FanDuel's parent company is Flutter. It's been found on the London Stock Exchange, but it just started offering shares on the New York Stock Exchange yesterday under ticker symbol FLUT, F-L-U-T. The New York Stock Exchange is finally welcoming Flutter from London here to the U.S. Today's the first day it's opening here on the Stock Exchange Flutter, so I'm just glad to be a part of it. NFL star Rob Gronkowski on CNBC. He's a brand ambassador for FanDuel parent Flutter. Chiefs versus 49ers in Las Vegas will cost you quite a bit. According to Ticket IQ, the average ticket price for all tickets is a whopping $10,752, which is the highest ever average price for the Super Bowl 16 days ahead of the game, except for 2021 when the stadium was at reduced capacity. CNBC's Dominic Chu. On today's watch list, as we mentioned, the Fed starts a two-day meeting on interest rates. We'll get that decision tomorrow. We get quarterly results today from General Motors, Pfizer, Microsoft, Google Parent Alphabet, Starbucks, and Advanced Micro Devices. We get the latest on home prices for November. New numbers on job opportunities and labor turnover for December will be out. That's the Jolts report. We get the latest on consumer confidence. Wall Street billionaires hosting a fundraiser for... Nikki Haley in New York City. Starbucks selling its olive oil-infused Oleato drinks nationwide starting today. That is Jessica Edinger reporting. It is 554. General Motors is now under a federal investigation. Fox on set. General Motors' self-driving car unit, Cruise, is under investigation by the Justice Department and the SEC. 
Cruz revealing on Thursday that is under investigation because of how it handled an October accident that left a pedestrian seriously injured. A driver hit a pedestrian and flung her into the path of a driverless cruise vehicle. She was hit by the driverless vehicle and then dragged for 20 feet. According to a report from a law firm GM and Cruz hired, the extent of that dragging wasn't fully shared with regulators or the media. The report calling the company's response a, quote, failure of leadership. GM provided this statement to Fox Business, saying its actions, quote, fell far short of the justifiable expectations of regulators and the public. Going on to say, we remain committed to Cruz's vision and know this transformative technology will ultimately save lives. With Fox on Tech, I'm Madison Allworth, Fox News. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. 605. <laughs> yeah. I'm Todd Jeffries. He's Patrick Osborne. Vandy, our producer, is here. And, uh, and yeah, you could join us anytime you want. You could call us. You could text us. We made it easy. The number's the same at 512-836-0590. And I know all those sanctuary city mayors in America are tuned in this morning to get the message from Governor Greg Abbott. <laughs> yeah, he sent a stark message to those sanctuary cities, vowing his state's transportation of illegal aliens to their areas will continue until the federal government takes action on the worsening border crisis. Yeah, mm. there you go. All right. That's the uh, that's the line right there that's been drawn in the sand. Texas has transported about 102,000 illegal aliens to sanctuary cities. Overwhelmed Texas border towns should not bear the brunt of Biden's open border policies. And our transportation mission will continue until Biden secures the border. Well, uh, it sounds to me like uh, it, we're, we're going to be continuing this for a while. I, I, I don't see any sort of security coming from this administration. It's just it's not going to happen. They'll continue to say, well, we've done this. We've done that. The Republicans are blocking this bill and this package. Uh, and and I don't I don't see it getting done. So I guess we'll be shipping people around for quite some time. Well, uh, Joe Biden says he needs Republicans to approve that border security bill before he could do anything. Hmm. The reality is he could reverse the reverse of various sanctions that he had in place when he took office. That's right, like the Remain in Mexico policy that he reversed on day one. Well, reverse it back and admit that you made a mistake. That's all you got to do. Yeah, Donald Trump had some pretty good stuff working down there that, that Joe Biden destroyed on uh, almost immediately. Here's the governor. If Joe Biden federalizes our National Guard, that would be the biggest political blunder that he could make. And that's why I think he will not do it. That said, of course, I am prepared in the event that they do make such a blunder to make sure that Texas will be able to continue to secure our border. Now, Congressman August Fluger, he's a Republican from Texas. He argues the Biden administration is not taking any action to address the surge of illegal um, immigrants. And Congress plans to take action to respond to it. Here's what he had to say. The executive branch has one job, and that's to enforce the laws that are on the book. We in the legislative branch are going to assert our Article I authorities. And we're going to start by putting Secretary Mayorkas to the test with an impeachment. All right, jump in. We want to hear from you at 512-836-0590. Uh, you know, I, I, I can appreciate the, uh, the impeachment proceedings of uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, of course. Mm -hmm. But the reality is the policy remains if he's impeached. Sure. He's just doing what he's told and following orders like a good foot soldier. He's a figurehead. Yeah. Yeah, he's the fall guy, the patsy. I, but, you know, there, there is an appetite from coast to coast, you know, largely among Republicans, but a growing number of Democrats, too, for something to be done. 
I saw a poll yesterday. It was a, it was a YouGov survey uh, conducted of uh, a little more than 40,000 people, registered voters, mm. across the U.S., and it found that 50% of respondents are in favor of, of still building that wall, you know, that, that Donald Trump, uh, that mean old wall that we didn't have the money for that, you know, is only like, what, $5 billion? Yeah. 33% are opposed to it, and then 17% aren't sure. So f- the, the, the majority of people want this wall. Uh, you know, the majority of people want border security. They want something locked down. They yeah. want an end to the mass stream of people illegally pouring over. Well, the, uh, that impeachment proceeding is going to happen later today is when, uh, you know, they're going to have get together to talk about all of this. Here's Madeline Rivera. The House Homeland Security Committee is expected to meet at 10 a.m. to mark up two articles of impeachment against DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. This markup could last all day. Democrats could potentially throw in as many procedural hurdles as they want. They're calling this Republican-led effort to fire Mayorkas a sham. Mayorkas has been actively engaged in those bipartisan Senate talks on a border deal. Senators may drop the long-awaited text of this bill in the coming days. But Republicans argue Mayorkas has, quote, willfully and systemically refused to comply with federal immigration laws. That's according to the impeachment resolution. Now, now, uh, the Texas Governor Greg Abbott continues his, his feud with the White House, of course, but uh, well, like I said, the, the, you know, the policies remain, right? And Mayorkas is not innocent in all of this. Of course he's, not. He's not quite uh, 100% patsy on this. He, he could easily stand up and say, no, what we're doing is wrong, Mr. President. So we got to fix this. We just caught another terrorist on the watch list at the border. We got to do something to stop that. Right. Yeah, he could. He could. He could, but he won't. He won't. And Democrats on the Homeland Security Committee, you know, they're calling it a base, baseless sham. They're saying policy differences are not impeachable. What is a policy difference? You know, I mean, I, I see it as more than a policy difference when one side wants a complete open wide border and the other one is trying to close things down a little bit. Uh, that doesn't sound like policy differences to me. Well, the president's not following the, the, the current law. That's the issue. Yeah. 512-836-0590. Now, the other big story this morning, we got a lot to get to. Well, the White House... Uh, says they're planning to take some action against those Iranian-backed militias in the Mideast uh, following the recent strike against U.S. forces in Jordan over the weekend that killed three of our own soldiers. Uh, Congressman Michael Waltz, he was on Fox just a few minutes ago. He says he believes the U.S. isn't uh, taking enough action against Iran's forces and are still at risk of uh, future attacks. The reason we have small numbers of special operators, drone operators, and others in the Middle East is they're still going after ISIS and keeping a boot on their neck so they don't hit us here. But, you know, right now they're sitting ducks uh, for Iran and their militias. Yeah, the, uh, the, the that drone attack killed three U.S. soldiers. It injured at least uh, at least 30 a couple of those had to be transported to uh, various countries for, you know, for some more serious uh, recovery, you know. Yeah, well, they were sleeping. Yeah. Just a drone. And this is the new wave of things now, I think. What do you yeah, mean? Just, just uh, you know, send a drone over, uh, hit them when they're not looking, and, and uh, you know, we're going to get a lot of drone attacks, I think. Florida Republican Congressman Corey Mills. He says physical retaliation may not be necessary. Not all of our responses needs to be equal kinetic. We could also look at the non-kinetic elements of further economic sanctions. Yeah, the, the, the concern yeah. Is, 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 is catapulting us into something that's even larger in the Mideast. But we're involved in something very large in the Mideast and have been for generations, it seems like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 6, seven, uh, 16 here on the Todd and I Show. Yeah, join us at 512 
You were asking a question during the break about uh, do our enemies fear us? What do you mean? What do you mean? Go ahead. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I was I, I just brought it up. I mean, you know, if you were one of these, uh, you know, say the Houthis or or any number of these groups over there that 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 has a has it out for us, would you be deterred by, well, for example, uh, the, the Joe Biden's little message? Don't. Don't when he's talking about attacking, you know, any other U.S. or, or uh, you know, our allies' assets. Don't. Obviously, yeah, obviously Don't. that 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 was not that was not intimidating in the least. And I'm you know I'm just looking at at the Biden regime. If you're are you do you think they're really intimidated by him? Do you think they're really afraid of the words that they're worried about retaliation from the U.S. Because I, I don't. No, I don't think they're afraid of Joe, but I think they are afraid of our military and its capabilities. Its capabilities, but but their their hands are so tied. There's nothing they could do, and I think our enemies know that. I think they know they can walk right up and bloody our mouths and run away. And our you know our commanders are going to say, "I ah, don't do anything about it." You know, so we don't want to escalate things. Yeah. But I bet you anything, if Donald Trump were the man in the White House right now, none of this would be going on. Well, this border crisis, it, uh, it exposes America's dirty foreign agent secrets. Yeah, the Biden administration's open border policies give Americans a small window uh, to see into the minds of the people that are currently running our country. It seems like a no-brainer, according to the Daily Caller, that the men and women elected to lead the United States would put America's interest above all else. And yet there's a daily reminder... That not only are they not doing that, but their allegiance are to uh, foreign nations wanting to destroy this country. Right. Elon Omar, Somalia first this week, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the Daily Caller News Foundation reported exclusively this week that the federal authorities caught a, a, a Somali terrorist from the Al-Shabaab terror group at a California border crossing and released him into the interior of the United States, where he stayed for almost a year before eventually being arrested again in Minnesota. Now, the internal memo identified an unarmed individual picked up by the federal authorities uh, March 13, 2023. The man's name was run through a terror watch list, terrorist screening center, which determined he was safe to enter the United States. He was allowed to travel freely throughout the country until January 18th of this year when the TSC reran the man's name and confirmed he's a Somali terrorist. Involved in the use of manufacture or the transport of explosive and firearms, according to uh, according to this report, five one two eight three six zero five ninety. They say it's hard to explain what it does to uh, you know to to the psyche of our country's citizens when they realize that national safety is a myth. Yeah, it absolutely is, and and I if, I don't think anyone should be surprised by that. It's not like some new revelation anymore. Joe Biden has made it very very clear that is not a concern or priority for him. I think uh, the Republicans should begin impeachment proceedings for Democrat uh, Minnesota Representative Elon Omar. Not only she broke her oath of office, but she's broke her oath of citizenship. Yeah, yeah. She there was another very clear message from her that you know Somalia first, Somalia first, and and you know they as in you know the American government needs to 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 cater to our demands it's our time to be heard here's what she said and this is through a translation she says many somalians have personally called me to encourage me to speak to the u.s government to help somalia they wanted to know what the u.s government could do for somalia to ensure uh you know that it never turns into a full bilateral agreement my answer to uh, somalians was the u.s government will only do what somalia uh, what somalians in the u.s tell them to do uh, they will do what they want to do and nothing else. Omar told the crowd, according to a translation, that they must follow our orders, and that is how we will safeguard the interest of Somalia. 
we Somalians must have the uh, confidence in ourselves that we called for the shots. In, we call the shots in the U.S. Hmm. What? Sounds like we got a, uh, a a little radical terrorist in our uh, our, our U.S. Congress there. Six twenty. Uh, jump in here at five one two. Eight three six zero five ninety. Listen, uh, Austin's bicycle rental program is about to go fully electric. Uh, this is what the voters of Austin have been uh, screaming for. <laughs> Capital Metro that specializes in buses and trains. They've now uh, approved spending $20 million to upgrade and expand the Metro bike system. Uh, bicycles, docks, docking stations, and all the software that runs Metro bike. It's all, uh, it's all being overhauled. Now, when Austin uh, started the city's first bike program back in 2012, we only had 10 stations, a few hundred bikes maybe. Now there's 80 stations and 800 bikes available. Uh, CBS Austin reports the number of people choosing the two wheels. Well, apparently more people are riding those bikes. Apparently so. Okay. Yeah, that's what uh, Sarah Sanford with Capital Metro says. Originally, when bike share started, it was around 10, 12,000 rides a month, and we're up to 23, 24,000. Ideally, the goal is to expand it to almost three times the size of what it is, but that's where we're going through the analysis right now of where to put those stations. Uh, Sanford says demand is high enough uh, to warrant $20 million investment in this bicycle rental program. One of the biggest changes is replacing the entire fleets with an all-electric fleet. Everything's got to be replaced, all-electric. And what happened to the good old days where you just, you know, good old pedal power, push yourself on a bicycle like you used to? We have, to, we have to spend money now so we can oh. electrify it so you can... You sound like a caveman now. That's old school stuff, man. I just don't understand why we have to spend that kind of money. You want to ride a bicycle, ride a bicycle. Why does the taxpayer have to spend money so you can have a little extra comfort by electrifying? I guess this uh, improves uh, the flow of traffic and eases congestion. Okay. okay. I guess. Right? I guess. That, that, right. That's what they'll tell you, I'm yeah. sure. Well, uh, uh, Capital Metro wants uh, a seamless integration of the bike stations with Austin's bus and light rail networks. Right. Project Connect. Right. Now, when uh, public transit users get off the bus or the train... Uh, you will use an e-bike to make it uh, that last mile to work or home. Mm -hmm. You will. That's what Cap that's what Sarah uh, Sanford says at Capital Metro. When you get off that train, uh, when you get off that bus, you're going to use an e-bike to get home uh, or onto your office. That's what you're going to do that last mile. <laughs> that's what she says. You're going to do that. I, I just I, I couldn't imagine. You know, after a long day of work, you ride a train and then you get off the train after being packed in there with a bunch of other people. And now you've got to ride a bicycle for the rest of the way home, all because, you know, a bunch of environmental soy boys don't want you driving your car. This, this is a $20 million investment to help single families, single parents, single, not even families, just single individuals. Yeah. Period. Period. Mm -hmm. A mom with children is not going to use this, right? No, no. A mom with children is not going to ride a bus or a train to work. No. Not, not in Central Texas. Your kid might get sick at school today, right? You got to be able to leave quickly to go pick that child up. Ain't no mom going to do that. This yeah. this is twenty million dollars for single individuals in Austin, Texas, so they can bar hop to ride bicycles. Yeah. Well, and and I was I was digging through that Cat Metro uh, meeting yesterday, and I think she mentions how you know the the bike ridership really goes up. You know, I, I would assume probably uh, you know we'll see that happen in the next uh, you know couple months with South by Southwest and ACL and. All the big festivals that we have when people come to town, they, they like riding those bicycles. Pedal power is extremely environmentally friendly. That's what I was saying. I mean, it's it's even more so than electric because you don't have to worry about the batteries. And the best plug. part, <laughs> you save $20 million 
by you not being lazy and just pedaling yourself. You don't have to plug it into a diesel generator to charge it up. None of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're cool bikes. They they seem kind of heavy though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my parents had had a, a couple of them, and and they were really cool. Uh, but again, this is not a, a, a an expense I think should be shouldered by the the taxpayer of central texas well i would assume since uh the homeless community gets to ride the buses and the trains for free they get to ride the e-bikes for free too right well, i'm sure they do right but you know again pedal power right just, just you're right just push yourself pedal power is uh cleaner right it's cleaner and you know I, I mean that's just the way we've always done it and i know you want it to be easier but it's your choice to ride the bike so you know suck it up how many bikes did she say were going to be out there uh i, I think that you know they want to triple so uh, they got about 800 bikes now. Did she say 2,400? She, she, she said they would like to triple the size of it. And so I, I think you're, you're talking about at least 2,000. Uh, that they're good. And, and they're good, especially if they're expecting everybody to, to get off the train or bus and then ride that last mile home to work. Everybody's so, going to have that. So the one, train right? and the bus stops have to be where the bicycles are parked, right? Right, right. right. Okay. They, they'll need to have those, those bus docking stations near the train or bus stations. Does this make sense? Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Here's Sarah Sanford at Capital Metro. Originally, when Bike Share started, it was around ten, twelve thousand rides a month, and we're up to twenty three, twenty four thousand. Ideally, the goal is to expand it to almost three times the size of what it is, but that's where we're going through the analysis right now of where to put those stations. All right, there you go. It's going through the analysis, and I guess they got to follow the Project Connect plans. Yeah, you know, for the maze of trains and buses. And I, you know, I certainly not knocking someone if that's their choice. You want to ride the bike around, but. I think I'm going to hold firm to this belief that this is not something that we should be paying for to electrify the entire fleet of bicycles. 633 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Listen, members of the House Homeland Security Committee, they meet today uh, to discuss the Republican-led impeachment articles against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. All of this has to do with uh, the, the administration's border policy. House Republicans accuse Mayorkas and the Biden administration of disregarding federal law on immigration. In a 29-page report, Democrats on the committee called the impeachment a political stunt and a total waste of time. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. House Republicans have produced no evidence that Secretary Mayorkas has violated the Constitution. House Republicans have produced no evidence that Secretary Mayorkas has broken the law. This is a political stunt. The report claims there are no high crimes and misdemeanors present in anything Mayorkas or President Joe Biden are doing with regard to security along the southern border. That sentiment echoed by conservative law professor Jonathan Turley on Fox News. I just don't believe that they have a cognizable basis here for impeachment. The, the first article is basically a disagreement about the level of enforcement being done by this administration. The Republicans are right. We have an open border. Right. Uh, this is a huge crisis. But that is a policy judgment made by the president. However, House Republicans accused Mayorkas of betraying the public trust and willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law. The impeachment effort was first launched last year by Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene, here speaking in an interview yesterday, released on her Twitter page. Well, it was in November after two of my constituents were killed in Texas by a 17-year-old cartel member smuggling illegal aliens 
kids into the state of Texas. Um, and they were tragically killed in a horrific car accident. Republican Congresswoman Elise Stefanik says the Biden administration's entire border policy is dangerous and reckless. Just last month, over 300,000 illegal immigrants came across our southern border, the largest amount in a single month in history. 19 of those individuals were arrested for being on the terrorist watch list. The Democrats' report compares the Republicans' efforts akin to throwing spaghetti against a wall. And they note a Mayorkas impeachment will never garner a conviction in the democratically controlled Senate. John Stolness, Washington. It is 635 and uh, law is not being followed. Lawmakers make right. the laws, the, uh, and the Biden administration has the ability to uh, enforce that law, a responsibility to enforce that law. Right. And you impeach Mayorkas, and I don't think any, anything's going to change well, in no. the administration, right? No. Uh, let's say he leaves. Let's say he's impeached, he resigns, he goes away. Well, they're just going to find somebody that will, uh, uh, you know, have a wide open border just like uh, Mayorkas. That's right. That's right. The, the, the fact here is that even if, uh, you know, let's say he's impeached in the House. There's no way it goes any farther than that. The Senate will it, it's 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 dead on arrival there. The whole issue, but the first charge accuses Mayorkas of of failing to enforce immigration policies and ignoring congressional laws, alleging that he exacerbated the illegal immigrant crisis by just letting this happen. When you had three hundred thousand uh, come over in December alone, a record. I'd say that's a problem. Second charge accuses him of lying to Congress and, and obstructing the House oversight of his department. And they sit here and they say, well, none of this is an impeachable offense. We're looking at this. is You can't impeach somebody over policy disagreements, but the border's wide open. This, it goes way beyond policy. But let's say I'm, I, I, you know, I, I run like a publicly traded company, and you know, I, I, under my leadership, the company continues to take losses. Every quarter we're in the red. Or I'm a manager of a baseball team or, or, or you're coaching a football team, and we're losing consecutively year after year. They're going to get rid of me. Because I'm clearly not the man who can get the job done. I see no difference here. Mm. Get rid of him. Get rid of Biden, too. These are impeachable offenses, I think. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. The uh, U.S. Supreme Court has not ruled on SB 14 itself, but a judge's initial ruling to block the law from taking effect until Texas Supreme Court rules on it. In fact, a Texas law banning gender-affirming care for minors uh, goes before the uh, Supreme Court today. Yeah. yeah, the Supreme Court is, uh, has not completely ruled on this. Well, the state's new controversial law banning gender-affirming care for minors, it goes before the state Supreme Court, the law which bans treatment, including uh, medication and surgery for those under the age of 18. This law is being uh, challenged by a group of parents whose children seek medical treatments and the physicians who want to continue providing that treatment who stand to lose their license if they disobey the law and stand to lose a lot of money if they don't perform the procedures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, the judge issued an injunction that would have uh, blocked the law from taking effect, but the state attorney general appealed that ruling directly to the Supreme Court, which lifted the injunction. Now, a ruling is not expected until uh, sometime this summer. Yeah. So there you go. I'm just curious. Those doctors and those, uh, those I guess, those minors and their parents who, who want this treatment, are they going someplace else to get it in another state? That, and they could, right? I'm sure some of them are. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I mean, that, that we're seeing that with the, the abortion restrictions and things like that. But basically, what, what Senate Bill 14 did, it, it, it bars kids, underage kids, from accessing puberty blockers, hormone therapies, things like that. Makes sense. Yeah. But you got a lot of parents that then said, well, this tramples on my right as a parent mm. to let my child take puberty blockers or, or perhaps undergo a uh, 
a chop it off of me or, or something like that. Mm. You know, uh, Travis County Court, of course, is the sh- one that, that blocked SB 14 from going into effect. Sh- should, should, a, should, a, should a parent be allowed to give their, uh, their 12-year-old heroin? I say no. How about a tattoo? No. Because it's dangerous, right? Yeah. It might harm that child, right? It may be something permanent. It may be something that sticks with them forever, and they may regret it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I, and, and so many of them do. We hear so many stories about young people uh, who are now adults who say, well, you know, I was confused, and it really was just a bunch of voices saying, well, you're confused, and you need to do this because clearly uh, you're trans. And then, you know, the kids went along with it. Before they knew it, now they've you know, taken parts of their body off of them. They've changed things irreparably, and, and they wish they never had. Can you imagine going back in time? Just talk to anybody, anybody, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, and they would say, what? Yeah. What are, you, what are you doing in the future? What? That seems biz- What? What's going on? It'd be so shocking and bizarre. Just to go back 20 years ago, people would be shocked and, biz- and just, what? What's going I, on? Yeah, I don't think you could make people understand the, the absurdity of, of, of 2024, of, of the 21st century. If you were to go back, say, 500 years, just go back to the beginning of this country. The beginning of the, beginning of the United States and say, listen, you know, in about 300 years, Men won't know if they're women or men, and they won't. Nobody's going to know what what uh, what what's up and what's down, and and you know people will use racism to fight racism and segregation in the name of fighting segregation, yeah. and and everything will just be completely on its end. You will have no. This, this will not be a recognizable country. Yeah, you don't have to. Go Nobody back will f- believe that. You don't have to go back five hundred years. No, you don't. Really you don't. don't. Twenty thirty. If you think about it, someone who lived in 1980, 1990, has more in common with someone who lived in 1900 than compared to someone who lives in 2023. Yeah, you're right. Listen, uh, the <laughs> city so of right. the city of Austin's Parks and Recreation Department uh, has issued an apology after sending out an email that has alarmed several employees at the Parks and Recreation Department. This email went out January the 25th, and it was titled in part "Healing from Racial Trauma," and it directed people to attend one of two meetings: one for uh, people of color. And uh, one for the white people. Mm. Well, the Parks and Recreation Department employees sent uh, KXAN the internal email. uh, And it came from someone who recently started as uh, the Parks and Recreation Department's equity and inclusion coordinator. Of course. This is where white folk go to a meeting to learn they're racist. That's right. That's right. Parks and Recreation Director director sent the letter out uh, within, uh, within a day of that first email apologizing, calling the message inappropriate, adding it did not reflect our values of the department. Well, it may not reflect the values of the department, but it does reflect the values of your DEI coordinator and your city council, right? Yep. It It, does, right? It sure does. Uh, Here's what they say. The department leadership is aware of an email that uh, sent out to uh, cities, parks, and recreation employees regarding efforts to establish, um, you know, affinity groups. Uh, The email was not vetted, not reflective of the department's values, and within 24 hours, the department issued a retraction and an email apology uh, for the exclusion of employees in any space. Wow. But they like to exclude anyway. It's true. Three employees who are black spoke with KXAN. Uh, Joala Washington anonymously said, uh, well, they said that uh, they wanted KXAN to conceal their identities to avoid any possible, uh, you know, pushback, if you will. Okay. From who? Who's going to get mad? Who would get mad at uh, the fact that you're upset with this meeting, we're not mad. Probably You're, somebody in the DEI office. Well, we're we're with you. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This this is how you. This is. I feel the same way about the black national anthem they're going to play at the Super Bowl. This is how incredibly you, divisive. This is how you keep the problem alive. 
The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ.